G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Look, we hear so much about India and uh, given that you're the General Secretary of the Indian Pentecostal Churches, uh, let's talk about Pentecostal Churches and what's happening in the nation of India. Uh, Give us a quick snapshot because this is part of your family history and you're now leading the charge for church planting. Well, the Lord has given us the privilege to be part of God's work at a tremendous time in history and God used my paternal grandfather, the late Pastor K.E. Abraham, to be the pioneer spokesperson for the Pentecostal movement. God used him in an apostolic way and uh, the Lord uh, used him to lead thousands of people to the Lord and plant hundreds of churches. And what began in the early part of last century now has become the largest indigenous, uh, full gospel, spirit-filled work in India. And we thank the Lord for the thousands of churches that have been raised. We have over 7,000 local churches throughout India and uh, more than 14 to 15,000 what we call pioneering mission uh, stations uh, throughout India. Our vision is to plant a church in every postal code of India. Now, there are 27,000 postal codes in India, and we have now churches in over 7,200 postal codes. And the Lord is helping us to train hundreds of uh, people that have been called of God to serve as evangelists and church planters, and we systematically send hundreds of them every year to go to new places, uh, new postal codes among unreached peoples to plant churches. And we thank the Lord for God, what God has helped us. Our main Bible college and seminary is India Bible College and Seminary, which started in 1930. And just last week, last Saturday, we had the privilege of having our 81st graduation service. And uh, each year, uh, hundreds of them are trained, and we train them in uh, 25 different languages. We have other schools throughout the nation and where we train people in the respective language of that state. So we thank the Lord for what God has enabled us to do. And this is, we still have a long ways to go, but uh, we ask uh, for our uh, fellow Christians in other lands to join with us in prayer and uh, helping us to advance the cause of Christ. You're coordinating a very significant work when we talk about 7,000 churches, part of the Pentecostal movement, 15,000 outreaches, as you described. A lot of strategy is required. Tell us about how you strategize to reach a nation of more than a billion people and, uh, and implementing that strategy. How do you go about that, coordinating it and making it happen? Well... The Lord has helped us to build on a good foundation. Uh, Both my grandfathers were called of God, and uh, they were used of the Lord. And my father is still alive. He's 87. He gave leadership to the church for decades, and he still has given leadership to the Bible Society of India and to our denomination. And uh, the Lord has helped us uh, to build on that good foundation. And the Lord has raised up wonderful leaders, 
and uh, the Lord has helped us to implement strategies that is relevant to various states. As you know, India is not one quote-unquote nation, but it is a federation of nations. Uh, we do not just speak one language, but we have 18 major languages, 180 minor languages, and over 1,400 dialects. So there's no nation on planet Earth that has a linguistic cultural diversity in India. So we have to be very sensitive to the different cultures and languages. So that's why we train people in many different languages of India. And God has helped us to plant churches in every state of India and uh, train up, develop leaders. And so we send them and asking them to be sensitive to places. But our vision at large is to see that there is a dynamic spiritual church in every uh, postal court. And each postal court consists of 35 villages. So that one church becomes a beacon of light to people in 35 villages. And so we motivate our believers to go and take the gospel to the people in those 35 villages. And if it's in a city, there is a segment of population that that postal code covers. And then we also want to raise up indigenous leaders uh, that is unique to, uh, that know how to communicate in the heart language of that people. So we have started a number of training centers where we are training people in the language of that particular state or that particular community or culture. So they know how to communicate in their heart language. So that would be the primary thrust. And then we have um, intercessors for India. Nothing happens without prayer. And as you know, whenever God wants to do something, always raises up a, a group of people who will intercede and pray. So we are enlisting people to pray to cover each postal code and saturate that with prayer. So when our evangelists are sent, they have the boldness from above, the anointing and the uh, insight to know how to communicate the gospel in a fresh and a relevant way. So if, you want, if somebody wants to be an intercessor for India, they can go to a website, which is indiago.org, and say, I want to be an intercessor. I'll be an intercessor for a postal code. So when you're praying for that postal code, you're actually praying for God to move in the lives and the hearts of people that are in 35 different villages and the gospel to spread. You are the director of the Pentecostals Bible College. Uh, what sort of training are you putting your potential uh, ministers, pastors, evangelists through before you push them out into the mission field? At our seminary, we have uh, both the undergraduate level, which is a three-year de degree program leading to Bachelor of Theology, and then we have a master's program in theology and then with a special emphasis in counseling and also in the field of education and missiology. We take those that are being sent to urban centers uh, and we make sure that they have a master's uh, training. So in all, they get a, a six-year training for those who are sent to urban centers to be church planters. And for those that are being sent to uh, villages and other areas, they have a three-year training program. We also have a two-year training program in states like uh, Gujarat and Orissa and all those places where we are training people for frontline evangelism and church planning work. It is done in the local language, and it is a diploma course. It is not a degree co course. 
But at a college and seminary level, we offer a Bachelor of Theology as well as a Master's uh, Master of Divinity or MA in uh, counseling and those uh, areas. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face. To helping you understand the issues going on in the world. To clear and understandable Bible teaching. All peppered with great Christian music. The latest news. And even a few laughs along the way. Tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Valson, tell me about your new book, Cinderella Challenge. Uh, I wrote the book Cinderella Challenge and used the story of Cinderella, which is a familiar story that is known uh, not only in the English-speaking world, but there are similar stories in other cultures. And I use that as a metaphor as what is happening in the church at large. The kingdom message or the mission thrust in most churches, especially in the West, is seated, is uh, viewed as a stepchild or is put in the cellar and is not brought to the forefront. But it is that message of the kingdom, it is that message of missions or sharing the, announcing the good news, the proclamation of the good news that does release people and bring them into their, the beauty and transform lives and liberate them. So I use that as a metaphor and I draw analogies of what is happening in the Christian uh, church at large and uh, the priorities that need to be laid and when we give priority to the kingdom of God and the message that God has given to us, which truly liberates and brings salvation and beauty and transformation. We uh, accomplish the will of God and we fulfill the assignments that God has given to us and we uplift people. And I also talk about the Dalits in India. Uh, The Dalits are the uh, people that have been known historically as the untouchables. And there are 300 million Dalits in India who have been oppressed who have been treated worse than animals and have never heard the message of Jesus Christ. But now there is a movement where people are responding to the claims of Christ. And if we share the gospel and take the gospel to them, uh, there will be a, in a massive uh, movement of people turning to Jesus Christ. And uh, the Hindus and radical people do not want Christians to proclaim the gospel because it is that that liberates them and uplifts them. So I draw analogies of what is happening there and talk about what God is helping in the gospel outreach to do to proclaim the gospel and liberate the Dalits in India as well. So again, I draw that as an analogy of how we have to proclaim the gospel. It is that gospel that uplifts people and releases them to accomplish God's purpose. And so I use that as a metaphor, as an analogy. Valson, I understand uh, that the lower class castes in India typically are more open to the gospel and uh, and it's the higher castes that are resistant. Tell us about how you deal with resistance to the gospel because we hear stories about the types of persecution that go on in particular in states like Orissa State, yes. uh, a number of others. Uh, how do you face the challenge of persecution in India? Eight states now in India that has passed what is known as the anti-conversion law. States like Orissa and Gujarat and Arunachal Pradesh and uh, different states, altogether eight states have passed that law where it is illegal for us to, quote-unquote, convert or baptize a person and where uh, he 
or she needs to go and sign an affidavit in the presence of a local judge and say, I have not been given any incentives. I have made this decision on my own. I have become a follower of Jesus Christ because of what Jesus has done for me. I have not received any incentives. Incentives meaning any material benefits. But some places in courts, they have uh, argued incentives as salvation. Healing in the name of Jesus is being referred to as an incentive. So you can see to the extent uh, the higher caste and others have uh, uh, used those things against Christians. But in spite of that, I want to tell you that uh, we have Bible schools in these states. We are seeing more people turn to the Lord than ever before. And so we are seeing uh, tremendous things happening in spite of the persecution. We have over 250 of our missionaries working in Orissa. And by the way, one of our graduates is now the pastor of the church where Graham Staines used to attend in Mayurbank uh, district. So we are seeing a tremendous response in spite of all that has happened. We have lost uh, several of our evangelists were killed during the riots in Orissa. Uh, a number of our churches were destroyed and um, hundreds of our uh, believers were living in uh, refugee camps. So we have seen a wave of persecution that affected our believers and churches in states like uh, Orissa, Gujarat, Rajasthan. But in spite of all that, God is at work, the Holy Spirit is at work, and bringing people to himself. And so we uh, face it with trust in God, and there is an intensity among the believers in prayer, an intensity that has uh, been evident in the lives of those that are committed to the cause of Christ, who are interceding, who are praying, and the people who are willing to go. And we are seeing more people now respond to the cause of Christ and wanting to be trained uh, to go into church planning work. So... Uh, I, I want to emphasize what God is doing in spite of all that is happening in different places. Yes, there's opposition. There's, we meet ridicule on a re regular basis. We are not allowed to hold public meetings in these eight states, and we have to get permission from the police and uh, the government in other places. There are a lot of restrictions uh, that has happened, but God is releasing uh, strategies and giving us wisdom to carry on the work. So we thank the Lord for what God is doing, and uh, you know we pray as the apostles prayed, Lord, uh, you know what is happening, but would you release boldness, and would you confirm the word with signs and wonders? So we are experiencing that, and uh, we thank the Lord, but we request our believers in Australia to pray, as you have never prayed before for India, to adopt uh, uh, a zip code, and also to sponsor someone who's committed himself for church planting and are being trained at our Bible college or training center. Nelson, if I was asking you where the church is headed in India over the next decade, is there a particular direction that the, the church is heading? Obviously, church planting is your focus? Do you have numbers that you've set for goals to plant churches, or do you want to reach every postcode that you mentioned earlier? Yes, our uh, initial goal is to see uh, we have a church in all the 27,000 plus zip codes. Of course, the zip codes increase as the numbers increase. There's 1.2 billion people now in India. In a matter of uh, 10 to 12 years, it will bypass the population of China. 
depending on which demographic study you look at. And so our thrust is to see that every um, zip, zip code or postal code has a dynamic spiritual church whereby that becomes a nucleus of people that will take the gospel to the people in that area. And uh, uh, then we also want to train uh, church planters who will give their lifetime to go. And the people that we take, we take after careful screening. 95% of our graduates are still in the field after 20 years. At the same time, I want to tell you with all the technological advancements that is ca- uh, happening in India, uh, there is uh, the minds of the young people have been uh, corrupted and defiled with all that they are seeing on television. And uh, there is a rise in um, you know, uh, the number of d- crimes and drugs and suicide and divorce. Um, the number one city, the high-tech city, is Bangalore. But Bangalore now is the number one city for divorce, the number one city for suicides. The uh, Chennai, Madras, which is also a major city, has the largest um, uh, cell phone pornography in all of Asia. So there is a, uh, simultaneously you see a lot of things happening for which we need to be aware. We need to pray and ask the Lord to uh, reclaim those areas for Christ. So I want our listeners to be aware of what is happening. With all the technological advancements there is, the enemy has come and affected the minds of the young people, so we need to pray. Well, I believe many of our listeners will uphold you in prayer. It's an amazing work that you're involved in. 7,000 churches are part of the Indian Pentecostal churches. There's 15,000 outreaches. There are thousands more churches to plant over this coming decade. The Reverend Valson Abraham is our guest. He's from India Gospel Outreach. I'll point to their website at www.indiago.org and also remind you that Valson Abraham's book is called Cinderella Challenge. Valson, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil, and blessings on you and your ministry. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.